We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. The Lord has been impressing on my spirit an urgent warning to the church. And the prophetic picture I got um, was uh, pretty detailed, but I'm going to give a real brief um, summary. If you didn't hear last week's service, it wasn't the best sermon in the world, but it was a specific word to us. So make sure to go back to that podcast and listen to it. I don't understand podcasts. You understand websites? Go to our website, newsongcs.com. Click on listen, and then click again. You'll say, it'll say listen. You, li- you just click. That's all you got to do, all right? If you don't understand podcasts, that's the way to do it. But the prophetic picture I saw was of a person um, or a family or a group of people experiencing spiritual burnout, experiencing spiritual breakdown. All areas, a lot of areas, relationships, finances, emotions, family, whatever it is, sickness, disease, break this, the breakdown out of whack. Everything seems to be in a place where you're desperate for answers or for healing. And the question I have for you today is, what if you discovered that that person was you? I can take a long, dramatic pause, look across the room. But really, what if you discovered that person was you? What if you discovered you didn't even know it was you? You didn't even know you were in the middle of a burnout. You didn't even know you were headed for um, breakdown. You didn't even know you're headed for disaster, a wreck, something happening. Remember last week I told the picture of someone uh, falling asleep at the wheel. You don't know that if you knew you were going to fall asleep at the wheel, you wouldn't fall asleep at the wheel, right? Spiritually, I, I, I feel, and maybe it's the church at large, but... Would you just take it for yourself and not point the finger at someone else? Well, I got a good person this is for, this is for, right? We all do. But just take it for yourself today, just for a minute. What if you discovered it was you? Or what if you discovered that you could prevent it from happening because it's going to be you? That's what I see for some people. Here's the, here's the, um, the common uh, way of thinking, oh, I am doing so good, I'm blessed, everything's going right, I don't need God. I don't even realize I don't need God. I don't need him, I don't need church, maybe I'll come from time to time, I don't need the Bible, I'm doing good. Then life gets a bit bumpy, maybe really hard, and then you realize you need God. And I'm not saying, sometimes I wonder when, like, is that why that person, no, don't, don't quote me on this, don't even... Don't even quote me on this, but I, this is a question I ask. Is that why that person's going through that? Because they are so un- unconnected to God that he's allowing this in their life so that they'll come back to him. Now, don't, don't quote me, but I wonder that. You know, Maybe that's not true. I, th- I know that God is love. He doesn't allow bad things to happen, but sometimes we need God and we don't even realize it. And the enemy is so darn tricky. He's cunning, he's crafty, he's clever, he's conning. He, he will trick us, and we don't even know 
uh, what he's doing. And that's what I want to talk about today. As a shepherd of this house, I want to bring up the word watch and put up the scripture on the screen. A lot of times when we read the scripture when we think of the second coming of Jesus. And it's a great scripture for when Je Jesus is coming back for us, right? As a kid, I knew that. I grew up like knowing that every night I would go to bed, I'd ask Jesus, please forgive me of my sins in case Jesus showed up that next day. And this is a great scripture for that, but even just as important is that this is a way that we should be living our lives because there's a thief. That's what I'm going to focus on here. It says, watch. Everybody say, watch. Watch, therefore. We don't even wear watches anymore. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Can I hear an amen? But here's the part that I want to focus on. But know this. That if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, don't you think he would have locked his door and he would have watched for it? He would have watched and not allowed the thief to get into his house and break in and steal stuff? Of course not. If he knew he was coming, that word watch is the Greek word. You know, the Bible is written in Hebrew. The first part, the second half is written in Greek. And then we translate it to a, a language called English. And sometimes some of our words aren't as cool and meaningful as those words. And one of those words is the word agrupneo, which is the word watch. Agrupneo, act really fancy when you're talking to someone or you're asking them to watch your kids. Would you agrupneo my kids, please? <laughs> agrupneo means this, the literal meaning, stay vigilant. Stay vigilant. Keep awake. Be on alert. Keep your eyes open. Don't sleep. I don't even know how you would do that. But I think it's talking not just physically but spiritually. Be sleepless in your pursuit of Jesus. Because if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, if he would have been a group now, he would have watched and not allowed that thief to come in and break in. The thief, who's the thief? The thief could be just our flesh, could be our sinful darn selves, because some of us are so sinful. I'm not, but some of you are. Oh, my gosh. I hear some of the things you do, and I say, oh, my gosh, you need to be more like me. No. The enemy, or, or just our flesh on its own is enough right there to, just, to mess us up. But there's another thing besides just our sinful flesh that we grew up with, that we were born with our sinful nature, there's another thing. It's called the devil. He's real. Oh, I don't believe in the devil. Well, just the fact that, well, let me just move on. The, the devil is real. Demonic forces are real. I hear stories. I watch people. I talk to people in this church that have seen the devil do things really crazy in their house. It's, that's demonic, and that can be taken care of by the name of Jesus immediately. You take control over it. But the demonic forces are evil, and sometimes they're not as, uh, like, visible as you think. They, sh like, oh, that's the devil. That's what his work. Sometimes we don't even know it's him because he's clever. And I've seen it take over people's desires. I've seen the devil's demonic forces, our flesh, take over our lives, our habits, our actions, our decisions, and we never even see it coming. Well, Pastor, you don't know. I don't know why this is happening, but this, 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 and I don't know. I don't know where it came from. And it's obvious when you look from the outside in, but when you're in the midst of it, often 
It's because the enemy's not happy with how you are trying to serve Jesus. He doesn't want you serving Jesus. He will get, he will grab you. He will do whatever he can to distract you. We have begun a series today, uh, last week called, uh, I'm calling tomorrow. With the idea being tomorrow, when you show up at church or tomorrow or the next day when you're living your life, it may look different than you had planned. You would hope that it would look like, oh, look at where I'm at with God and look where I'm at with my family and look where I'm at with my job and look where I'm at with my finances, look where I'm at with my private life, look where I'm at with my devotional life. But really, oh my gosh, look where I'm at. What All of a sudden tomorrow came. I love that song. I love you tomorrow, and tomorrow comes, and you don't love God because you're mad. You're like, what in the heck happened? And it turned out different than you had planned, and I don't want that for any of us. You want that for yourself? You want tomorrow to turn out exactly how God has planned it. You don't want anything to distract that or mess that up. This is why this message is for you. Today's message, I'm entitling it, Mostly Cloudy. <laughs> Mostly cloudy. I am a guy that is a glass half full all the time. I am so positive and this message name is so negative. It's not called sunny. It's not called mostly sunny. It's not called partly cloudy. It's called mostly cloudy and it really could be called storms. Yeah, I don't know. Mostly cloudy. Lord, I just pray that you would help me to um, convey what you have for me to share today. I pray for every person in the room that is cynical, that is, that is doubting, that is wondering why they came to church today, that you would help them to realize that they're here on purpose today, that you meant for them to be here today. You would open our ears just for a few minutes and that you would kill our flesh so that we would focus on you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you could call it the hailstorm of 2018. I know that Seth probably appreciated the hailstorm because he works in the roofing business, but uh, most people don't appreciate hailstorms, but I remember how that devastated um, a lot of people's houses and things, and my car, the supposedly Geico says it was totaled during that uh, hailstorm, and uh, many have lost things. But relatively, it was pretty minor compared to other storms. If you compare it to the storm in... in um, the, the Bahamas, we, I mean, we have nothing to complain about. You compare it with the storm, I remember it was like 15 years ago now, but Hurricane Katrina, I don't know if you remember that, but uh, we were a part of that. Our youth group was a part of that, helping and, and restoring, rebuilding. And that was devastating. It was horrible. People's lives were, were uh, lost in that storm. But there was another storm. It's probably the worst one ever. It is the worst storm that ever happened. It was 100% um, no, no survivors. Everyone died. Um, it was back in the days of Noah. You're talking about Noah. Why are you talking? You're comparing Noah's storm to our lives. Why would you do that? The great flood is significant to us because we're in a similar time in our world. As I don't think God would ever destroy the earth with flood again. He said he would never. But here's what God said at that time in Genesis chapter five. He said this. Yes, I'm bringing out Genesis for a minute to you. And it says this, then the Lord said, oh, so all the days that, Ad yeah, all the days Adam lived were 100. <laughs> That's a great verse too. I hope that it goes on. What's the next verse? 
Um, is that it? Genesis, I'll read it. I don't know. Genesis chapter 5, verse something else, but I wrote it down. <laughs> Do you know that that's how old the Adam was? Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil all the time. This is what God thought of the earth at that time. It sounds quite familiar, actually, to a time we live in today. People, are their hearts, their, their, their intents are evil. It seems like that's all their intent on is evil. Now let's all point the finger at someone else for a minute. But this message is not about those out there because if it was, I would be out there speaking it to them. It's to us. So point the finger at yourself for a minute. Jesus, in fact, in chapter 24 of Matthew that I just read when he said, watch, therefore, if you look a few verses back, look with me, Matthew 24, go back a few verses to verse 37. He compares us to the times of Noah. And he says in verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and not watching and marrying and giving and not putting priorities where they need to be in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they didn't even know until the flood came and took them away. He's, he's mentioning a story, and then he says, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Or in other words, so also it'll be similar in the last days. I, I don't know if this is the last days. I feel like we're in very close to them right now, and this is how I see people are already. Essentially, the scripture saying this. People will be so clueless and coerced or more so in the last days as they were in the days of Noah. People just don't have a clue. Oh, that's not me. That's not going to happen. It won't happen. It's not me. I'm busy, but I'm, I'm trying to serve Jesus. And Noah, if Noah was here today, he would be like, um, are, you, are you listening? God, there's, 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 it's mostly cloudy. Are you, are you listening? And Jesus says it again. He predicts the weather right here in verse 37 through 38. And he says, so the f like the flood was then, it'll, there's a time coming much like it. And much like the days of Noah, his forecast still calls for mostly cloudy skies. Okay, that's where the title comes from. Can I leave you just with this? Four simple thoughts. And I actually have slides for those. I don't ever do slides. I didn't tell you. Do you have those? You can find them. It says Stephen. Uh, it says the church. The slides for today. There's four points I want to give. I never use slides. I I don't like um, that. I don't know why, but I just don't. I feel like I'm in school. So <laughs> that's that's just me. But um, leave you with four thoughts that could be indicators that we're headed for a storm, or you could say it like this: four thoughts that that may help us to understand that the thief may be coming, and the thief will steal away your freedom. He'll rip off your joy, he'll scam your peace, and you might not even know it. And the first one is this, loss of appetite. These are almost like, um, like side effects or like uh, symptoms, so you better take this so that this doesn't happen. Well, take Jesus because so this doesn't happen. A loss of appetite. I see this across our nation. I see it in my own life at times, and I, I hope that you'll be honest and see it in your life. 
we seem to have lost our appetite. I don't know if any of you have been to In-N-Out Burger, but I used to live there in California, and it's coming here, and it's not the devil. It's a good thing. It's going to be great. But we would go to In-N-Out Burger every Sunday uh, back in the day, and um, I think I'll continue to do that once they come here. But there was a day, one day, where Reagan went to In-N-Out Burger, and she didn't order anything. We couldn't believe it. We didn't go to the office. Of the, we didn't go to their head office. We didn't go to the chef. We didn't go to the employees. What did you do to the food today that she's not? No, we didn't blame anyone because the truth was it wasn't anyone else's fault. Reagan was not feeling well that day, so she was sick, so she didn't eat her cheeseburger. That was something you never see. She loves In-N-Out cheeseburgers, and so do I. Same with us. If our worship times are stale, if we feel like we're not hungry for the things of God, don't blame here. This is a good one. Don't blame your worship team. Don't blame your pastor. Don't blame your church. It's probably because you're not feeling like eating, and there's probably a loss of appetite maybe because you're spiritually sick. If you are bored with the preached word or the Bible, you might have the enemy without you even knowing, knowing might have ripped off your passion for Jesus. Let's move on. Another sign of mostly cloudy skies and indicated a thief may be cleverly scamming you. I almost feel like I'm on family feud. Another one. Here it is. Feeling of worthlessness. And I'm being silly, but it's very serious. A sudden recurring feeling of worthlessness or guilt or lack of value in who you are. All of these are symptoms that maybe the enemy is at work in your life. It's a classic tactic, and it's deadly. That is why suicide is such a demonic thing, because the, because the devil is not out to hurt us. The devil is literally out to destroy you, to kill you. And if he can get you to think bad about yourself, if he can cause you to think life isn't, isn't important anymore, then he's got you. And that is not somebody else's thought. You didn't come up with that thought. It was the enemy, and he came in, and he tried to trick you. There's this guy that I never saw in concert in my whole life until two weeks ago. Alicia Owens was there with me. I saw her taking pictures of at the worship time because she was so blessed. But his name is Jeremy Camp, and um, I don't know if you've ever seen him in concert. I used to think he's just one of those guys like every other guy on the radio on the Christian station. I pictured him just like kind of dorky and whatever. He, he gets up on the stage, and he's, he's handsome, he's good-looking, he's all built. And Has anyone seen him in concert? Oh, my gosh. So he, cha he changes your thought of like Christian singers when he's up there. And... Um, and I'm being blessed, and um, Bethany is uh, being blessed or something. I don't know what she's being. But anyways, he told the story, a testimony while he's up there. He's got literally everything together in his life. And he says, just last year, he's the guy that sings the song, Christ in me. He's the guy that sings the song, um, I still believe. Yeah, I'm not a good singer. He's the guy that sings the song. Yeah, you get the idea. He goes, just last year, he was, he was in his bed. He couldn't get out of bed. He was so depressed, he couldn't get up. He couldn't get up one day. He was just stuck in his bed because he was riddled with depression. And the, I don't know how he got there. He says, I don't know how I got there. But the enemy was after him. And the thing is, the point I'm making is, if it can happen to Jeremy West, who's 
one of the best looking Christian singers there are, great singer, anointed, passionate. It can happen to anyone. And he was, he was, he, he couldn't believe it happened to him, but it can because the devil's clever. It's a manipulative ploy the enemy uses, and you might not even recognize it till it's right on top of you. The feeling of self-absorption, of pride, it's the same thing. The, feel of, the feeling of insecurity, the feeling of fear. All of these are ways the enemy makes you feel less than who God has created you to be. You are a victim of identity theft when you start looking at other people and you see, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I could compare myself with them. I wish I could be more like them. I wish I could have... You are supposed to be exactly who God has made you to be, not who they are. And the enemy will take away your, he'll say you don't have any gifts. And you do. He, there's no one that can be you like you. There's no one that can be, you're the best version of you, Emmanuel, that anyone can be. No one else can be that. That's a, something I'm very passionate about. But I think it's something the enemy uses quite frequently do you do agree does anyone else feel that at times like oh my gosh right everyone in the room i'll move on so that that the feeling of worthlessness or you can call it insecurity you can call it uh not being valuing yourself not realizing who god made you here's the next one another sign and we only have four that i'm gonna i'm gonna go through today Sign of mostly cloudy skies, an indicator the thief may be cleverly sneaking in your back door without you even knowing it. And this is this, a desire to negotiate your convictions. This one will hit home with most everyone in the room. If you think about it this week, you'll probably rather not think about it because you rather negotiate your convictions. I, I'd rather negotiate. I know what God has said, but this is what I want to do. So yes, what you said, but, can, but you know me, God. You know who I am. You know what I've done for you. Can I just know? It's a classic deception of the enemy. It's the devil's MO since the beginning of time. Come on, Adam. You can do this. The, God never said you can't. This is what God said. He'll trick you. He didn't say you can't eat all of the fruit. He didn't say that you couldn't eat of this tree. Come on. It's okay. Let's find a way, if we can, to justify the things I like to do. Because I like to do them. Grace. Right, God? Grace. What was the last song we sang? It talked about grace, majesty, your love has found me. Your grace has found me. Yes, I just rest. You know, God's grace is there not to um, stretch it and not to take advantage of it, but it's to come back to him when you're sinful. And for some reason, he always lets you come back when you're sinful. He says, yes, I have grace for you. I will give you what you don't deserve. Grace is not there so that you can take liberties in your convictions. Um, let me try to compare it with something very innocent. And I believe this is innocent. I don't believe this is compromised. Tell me it's not compromised. All right, my wife makes chocolate chip cookies, right? And um, we're trying to eat more healthy these days. Like all of us, we always say that, right? We're trying to eat more healthy. Like the last 
Tomorrow we're going to start eating more healthy, right? And before she packages them for church, I often feel something inside of me, and I believe that it's not the devil, but, you know, it might be. Just have one. Just, just, just one, right? And as soon as you get to that point, you have no going back because you've already started a fight in your mind for it, and your mind will lose every time. And, of course, I, I eat a chocolate chip cookie, and I might eat more. And although this is innocent, sin is not that different. And its costume of compromise, it'll tell you, go ahead. You can do this. It's okay. No one's watching. No one's watching. That is the worst. That's the worst lie. We know God's watching. We know it, but we would rather not believe it, right? He's not watching me right now. There's no way he's watching. Go ahead. And as soon as you get to that place, like I said, where you start negotiating in your, in your mind, it's like negotiating with terrorists. You can't do it because the battle is already lost. You have to decide ahead of time to serve Jesus and do what he says. Watch, 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 be vigilant. Well, I don't care to hear this. I don't need to be vigilant. I'll watch kind of, but I don't want to watch all the time. When you start straddling the fence on something, when you start dabbling with a sin, when you start trying to justify something you've done, when you start negotiating with your convictions, okay, let me work this out. Let's go work backwards. Let's figure this out. I, there's got to be a way I can do this. The Bible doesn't even talk about um, movies that much, does it? Or the, the Bible doesn't talk about music. The Bible doesn't talk about my language. The Bible doesn't talk about, yes, we do this. All this will do is leave you addicted. This will leave you riddled with bondage. It'll leave you in guilt. Not to mention, and this is getting really negative, and I, I want to just move on, but not to mention it leaves you being lukewarm, which is the worst thing you can do, right? I didn't mean to hear this this morning, but I'm going to tell you what I heard. I met this pastor, one of these pastors that preaches hell, hell fire, brimstone, he was pe speaking some pretty truthful stuff and he said don't be lukewarm right the bible talks about it in revelation 3 he'd rather you just be completely f cold completely cold or you can be completely hot but don't be lukewarm that's the thing that the that jesus hates the worst and i didn't like to hear that at all do you he hates that the worst he'd rather spit you out of your mouth out of his mouth when you're this way i don't want to convince you to live cold i want to convince you to live hot and if I convince you to live lukewarm, then you'd live cold. If I could, I'm, I'm going to, let's go to the extreme. Let's live hot. That's where we need to live. That's where we need to be. Compromise will always catch up with you. And then the last one, the final sign. Could you come up, um, my brother uh, Nate, and make this sound nicer than it is? Because it's, it's, it's hitting home. And I know it's hitting home because my sister Beth, started the service with this point and she didn't even know what god had said to our church here's the last one distraction you're distracted easily or too busy i believe she said that as well talking about mary and martha what's important not the busy stuff what's important is jesus being with jesus and distraction is probably the worst of the signs and you say, well, I don't think I have number one. Or I might have a little bit of number two, but definitely don't have number three. But four, distraction is one that we can all deal with. They're a dime a dozen. Oh, excuse me. I, oh, I forgot I was preaching. <laughs>
right? There, someone said once this, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. The devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. That's what he would do with me. I don't think he'd make me bad. You're never going to see me at some of these places that you could be at. But he could make you busy. He could trick you. Distractions are a dime a dozen. You know, phones and computers are supposed to make things e easier, but they make us busier, don't they? They don't, they don't help a lot of times. I have 15 things I could tell you. Literally, I counted them. I'm not going to go into them because I realize there's 15 of them. I might post them online. 15 things you can do to get out of this distraction. Um, but I just want to close by saying business and busyness will rip off your passion. They will con you into depression. They will trick you into living in a gray area. How many of us do this? It's black and white, Jesus says. Busyness will trick you into being in a gray area that you didn't even realize you were in. Busyness will distract you from showing up to church, from opening your Bible, from your relationship with Jesus, from taking a second while you're driving by yourself to focus on God, it'll do that. Busyness will, I don't even have time to focus on God. Sure you do. You're on a five-minute trip to somewhere. You have 10 seconds to focus on God. I did that this week. I was going somewhere and I felt so busy and <laughs> And the thing is, for someone who's preaching something that gets in your heart and it, it convicts you, and I realized the, during this five minutes, I'm going to give four of them to Jesus. And I didn't have one darn thing to say to Jesus at that moment because I was thinking about this, this, and that. And I said, Jesus, it's all about you, I know. I don't know what to say right now, but I, but I love you. And in that moment, as I said, I love you, I felt that Bethany had showed up in my car and started a worship service because the Holy Spirit came in that quickly. And he said, I love you. He said, I'm proud of you. He said, good job. He said, get ready. He said, be alert. He said, watch the doctor that you're going to because they need to hear about Jesus. And he gave me all these truths and exciting things to say and encouraging words. And then I realized what my life is about. It's not about the things. It's about Jesus. Don't let distraction get you distracted. Don't let busyness get you distracted. I close my eyes because I just want to hear what God says, not just what I wrote down, although God spoke to me some things. Would you close your eyes across this room or just get private before the Lord? We have plenty of time we're closing here now give you this challenge would you heed the urgent warning before it becomes your reality maybe it's your reality already and you you didn't realize it until you start seeing these symptoms that you have some of these symptoms in your life if you are distracted if you feel worthless at times 
if you negotiate your convictions at times, if you at times don't have an appetite for Jesus, maybe you're headed for spiritual burnout. Maybe you're in the midst of a spiritual breakdown. That's not going to happen, not here. Everybody can smile in the room because we just identified it and we're going to fight it and we're going to ask Jesus to come in and be who we can be. So if you're here and you need to do better at watching, staying vigilant, keeping awake, I want to ask you to make a commitment right now. Nobody else is looking around. I'm going to actually close my eyes too. Nobody looking around. Would you just take a moment with Jesus? Take a moment. Look up at him. Maybe raise your hand. Maybe say, you know you're talking to me, Holy Spirit. I know you're speaking to me. Would you give him that? Say, I plan to work on this this week. Don't let the thief quietly come in, cleverly lull you to sleep. By things that might even not even look dangerous at first. Lord, we ask that you would help us to not burn out. We ask that you would help us to keep our eyes focused on you. And here's the other invitation. And would you all stand with me for this one? If you already find yourself in this tough spot in your life, you know you're already in the midst of it. I want to tell you something. And that's why we come to church to hear the good news. Jesus still loves you. The Father is there for you. His hand is always outstretched. He says, let me pick you up as you just stood to your feet. The, the Father would say to you today, I have grabbed you by the hand. I lift you to your feet and I say, walk and I will take care of you. I will be behind you. You give me first place and I will make sure that you get through these storms. I will make sure that you uh, find your victory. That's the word from Jesus. Would you just um, say these words after me? Everyone in the room. Thank you, God, for being faithful. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me power. I pray that you would help me to walk in victory this week. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.